0: Welcome to our series. Everybody entitled enough is enough. You say it come on enough is enough more time enough is enough. You know why I'm doing that because I'm not sure whether you are laying down in your bed on your phone or you on the couch and your church clothes with your bible and your notepad out i don't even care i'm just glad you're here <laughs> let's get into the word we've been looking at the book of corinthians first and second corinthians first and second not two corinthians all right no shake first and second corinthians first and second corinthians is what we've been looking at and for those of you who are just joining our series just a little bit of background what we're really exploring is is we're exploring the mess in the church And the mess in our own lives. Come on, somebody. Y'all thought I was just going to stay at the mess in the church. Everybody likes to talk about the mess in the church. But guess what? If there's mess in the church, then that means there's mess in your life, too. Why? Because you are the church. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, essentially is responding to a, a series of letters that have been written to him from this this church, the Corinth church and they're asking him questions about things that are going on in the church that are straight buck wild, y'all. I mean, like I'm telling you right now, those of y'all who like watching reality TV, you need to read the book of Corinthians. Amazingly, there are things in here going on in the church and Paul is responding. More background. The Apostle Paul started this church of Corinth. The church of Corinth is, uh, the city of Corinth rather, is, is, is a port city, uh, that city that in ancient uh, Greek and Mormon world was, was known to be a landmark. It was a bustling city. It was an economic uh, 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 haven. Uh, it, was, it was an it city, but yet Paul said, that's where I need to go and share the gospel. And as Paul shared the gospel there, uh, tremendous things happened. But you can imagine this, that anytime God starts doing a work, Anytime God starts doing a work, you can expect the enemy to come in to try to undo what God's doing. Don't just run past what I just said, like you need to receive that right now. Anytime you make any move towards God, any spiritual progress, any spiritual advancement, expect for the enemy to do whatever he can to try to undo what God did in your life. And this is essentially what's happening in the church of Corinth. All kind of craziness is going on. They fussing and fighting. They got groupies. One groupie is for Paul. The other groupies are for Apollos. I mean, and now they are divided, fussing and fighting, throwing shade at one another because you with Paul and I'm with Apollos, straight division in the church. And then you got issues with immorality in the church. Just a quick review. Uh, What kind of immorality are we talking about, Pastor? Yeah, one of the leading members in the church is sleeping with his stepmother. this is happening in the church in Corinth and then there's idolatry and there's divisions about worship and they're arguing about non-essential things and all of this is based around this concept listen everybody It's all based around this concept called Gnosticism, as most scholars would call it. That's just a big word to say that these Corinthians, they basically got like a bunch of knowledge. They start learning a bunch of stuff and they started flaunting their knowledge to the extent that they felt that their knowledge equaled salvation. The more that I know, the the, the more the more spiritual I am and the more spiritual I am. The more freedom i have and so literally because they felt like they were deep and they knew stuff and they had a lofty interpretation of scripture they were ethereal and full of profundity they were deep and could understand the word they felt as though that they could literally because of their knowledge live any old way that they wanted and paul was like "Uh uh-uh it can't go down enough is enough i see issues in the church now we want to deal with one of the one of the most prominent issues that we see in the book of Corinth that they were fussing and fighting about. And, and you know, it, it, it's kind of funny, but and I, it might sound like insignificant. But the next issue that they were fighting about is an issue related to food. Yes, they were fussing and fighting. The church began to be divided over food. And we're going to talk and explore that right now because there's some powerful truths that God wants to share. I want to invite you to go with me to the book of first Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to slide on down to uh, to verse 23, first Corinthians chapter 10. And when you're going to slide on down to verse 23, the scripture is going to be right there on the screen for you to go along with me. Here's what the Bible says. You say, this is from the New Living Translation. You say, New Living Translation, you say, I am allowed to do anything. Paul responding to uh, to to those who are stirring up trouble in the church. He said, you're saying I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Verse 24, be concerned for your own good, but also for the good of others. Verse 25, Paul says, so you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Yeah, I get it. You can do that. But verse 27, watch what he says. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want, eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. Verse 28, but suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. Verse 29, It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. Stay here, y'all. For why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? Verse 30. If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? I know some of you are lost, but don't worry, I'm going to help you. Verse 31. And many of you have heard this. So whether you eat, drink or whatever you do, Do it all to the glory of God. Verse 32. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. Verse 33. I, too, try to please everything, everyone in everything I do. I I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others. And here it is that many may be saved. Now, to me, there are certain things that are just black and white about food. I'm sorry. There's certain things that are just black and white. And I know y'all can want to debate this stuff, but I'm gonna start with something grits. How about that? Let's start there grits. G-R-I-T-S. Now I love grits. And I honestly, one black and white thing I would say is, can't nobody make grits like me. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my smoked Gouda grits with jalapenos on a whole nother level. But anyway, that's much for another time. But for grits, let's just talk about, let I me mean, just black and white grits. Ain't supposed to have sugar in it. All right, let's just get that straight. I don't know where I don't know where you're from. I don't but listen, there's some things that's black and white. Grits have salt, not sugar. All right, can I tell you some other stuff that's just black and white? Can I tell you something else that's black and white? Tomatoes are good. Tomatoes are good like no seriously I didn't realize it's like a whole population of people who don't like tomatoes they'll like order a sandwich and be like I want everything on there lettuce I, but lettuce I don't want no tomatoes why what's wrong with tomatoes and I know what it is some of y'all don't like the texture or whatever like to me there's certain things that's just black and white like certain things that's black and white can I name something else like uh, I don't know but I think that people should drink water <laughs> like that should be a given right like some of y'all all y'all do is drink pop some of y'all all y'all have sugar all the time but listen I mean, you ought to drink water can I tell you another black and white when you're eating your meal you should separate the sweet things from the savory things come on say amen somebody some of y'all y'all just be making y'all plate and y'all be piling stuff on and be mixing that's nasty That is now, sorry, that grosses me out when I see some of y'all eat. Anyway, I'm being facetious right now. Those things are not that serious. But in the Church of Corinth, the issue of food was a serious matter because it wasn't about preferences on what people liked, whether it was seasoned or whatever. That wasn't the issue. And by the way, uh, potato salad does not need to have raisins in it. I just need to throw that out there as well. That is something that you just need to understand is a black and white issue. Did I just say that? I mean, not like that, but you, you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. But, but, but in the church of Corinth, they weren't arguing over like styles of food. The issue had become that the issues were not about food preferences, but there was food that was sacrificed, meat in particular, that was being sacrificed to idols in the local pagan temples to the Greek and Roman gods. And, and, and the people were split on it. They were saying, listen, how can you go to the marketplace and how can you buy that, that, that meat that they're selling when that meat had been sacrificed in a pagan temple and was offered up to a false god? Like there were people that were like, we should not be eating that. And then there were other people on the other side was like, yo, but the gods are not real. Is there any such thing as a God other than the real God? Right. No. I mean, is I mean, so I mean, it's, it God made it. It's food and, and we should be able to eat it. So the church was literally like split on this. Some people were like, no, we shouldn't eat it. It's wrong. And other people were saying it's no big deal. We're free to eat it. God made it. Uh those gods are not real anyway. So here comes the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul shows up and he's like, yo, 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 y'all are like, you're like having a tizzy. You're bringing division in the church over this food issue. However, there is a deeper issue on this food issue that I think many of us are missing. And I'm seeing it not only on social media. I'm seeing it in the way that many of us live on a day to day. And here's the issue that Paul is really concerned about. Paul recognizes ultimately, and I want you to hear me now that there are two scenarios that are at work here. And follow me because there is something that God wants to say to you today about your Christian life that matters right? Enough is enough. Enough of our arguing. Enough of our disagreeing. There are certain things that ought to govern the way that we live. There are certain things that ought to govern how we treat one another. There are certain, if everybody is doing what everybody wants to do, then how will we know? The Bible at least tells us, how will we know that we belong to Christ if we look no different than the world, right? I mean, the world is asking that question. Church members are asking that question. How do we know what is that that governs our behavior when we get into these gray areas of life when we get into these gray areas of life how do we know in which way we should go let me just throw this out to you right now the truth of the matter is, is there are some things that are black and white. We know it, this is wrong and this is, and this is right, right? We know that. However, many times in life, there are those situations, there are those situations where it's just not that clear. And a lot of times we don't need just like a black and white answer. We have to wrestle with this thing. We've got to wrestle with God. We've got to wrestle with the Holy Spirit to get like a legit answer on what I'm supposed to do. Case in point, should you leave your boyfriend? Like, I don't, I mean, like how, like how would I know that? Is there a scripture that literally says, thou shalt leave thy boyfriend, thou shalt walk away from that girlfriend? No, but you gotta wrestle with it. It's a gray area, right? Should you quit your job? I'm not sure. There's no scripture that says you should quit your job. However, there may be a principle that's at work here that can govern your decision. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that we have a lot of issues that that bring about division and confusion in the body of Christ, mainly because we don't want to take the time to wrestle with this, but Paul is saying here right now, this is It's deeper than the smoked meat that y'all are getting from the pagan butcher shop. It's deeper than that. Right. And so here are the two scenarios that I want you to check out. Number one, Paul is saying if you're eating and and people are around who are confused that you love Jesus and and pagan gods, uh, don't mislead them. In other words, there are some people who do not see things the way you see them. Uh, We'll call these people people with a sensitive conscience. In other words, your knowledge and your freedom in Christ and in the word sometimes is a threat to theirs. They don't see things the way you see it. Right. And so and so what do you do in that situation? Do you flaunt what you know and you say, I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do and y'all just going to have to get over it. You don't see it my way. So this is how I'm going to do. I see a whole lot of that in the body of Christ. We see a whole lot of that in the world that we're living in where people literally because they have knowledge, they feel that they can do whatever they want, even if, if it is misleading. And it's confusing to somebody else. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying here. So Paul is like, look. On the one hand, you should not eat that food sacrificed to an idol. You shouldn't do it, especially around this person, because it, it, I mean, they don't. They ju- they they just left the pagan uh, temple. They just joined your church, and they're still dealing with trying to separate themselves from that old life. And, 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 and they see you kind of like eating that stuff that used to be sacrificed to these demon gods and they can't handle it. Paul is saying, listen, if it's going to affect them negatively, if it's going to affect their conscience that is sensitive out of love for your brother, out of love for your sister, don't eat the meat. Leave the barbecue for later. Go and eat it by yourself at home, but be concerned about your brother. Are you hearing me now? Here's another scenario that Paul brings up too. Paul also says, but if there's no one around and you want to go ahead and enjoy that freshly carved piece of roasted meat that was offered to that false God. He said, listen, we all know that God ain't real. (laughs) We all know that God is fake. We all know ain't no such thing as as any other God except Yahweh, Jehovah God. Man, go on ahead at your house come on by yourself without anybody that can be negatively influenced by your decision and enjoy yourself and so what many people might be asking is is like yo well, why is paul giving two different answers for the same situation i'm going to tell you right now his main driving principle is this is that we are number one out of everything else to supposed to look out for our brother and our sister I can tell you what's right or wrong right now. Is this going to negatively impact your brother or your sister? It may not be wrong to you. It may not even be wrong at all. But is this decision going to negatively impact somebody that cannot handle your freedom in God? I sell this to people all the time. Oh, listen, I, I could I could meddle right now, but I know some of you are thinking right now, some of you are thinking right now, oh, they can't judge me. <laughs> oh, they can't judge me. It's none of their business. And I find that this is very damaging. I want everybody to hear me right now. Listen to me. The notion and the mindset that you can do whatever you want because you have received the gospel of God's grace and you recognize that God is not a God of punishment, that God is a God of mercy, that God loves his people. And when you finally got a hold of the gospel, come on, say amen, you got a hold of the good news, you realize that God's not really looking to kill you, but that God is plenteous in mercy and plenteous in grace and that the gospel is good news. Many of you guys took the good news and you made it bad news simply because you took the good news as a license to do whatever you wanted even at the uh, demise at the demise of your brother your sister hear me now y'all like as a christian the word of god tells us that our influence and our walk with him is not just about us it's not just about you it's not just about your freedom we, there is a level where we are concerned about the other person. Let me ask you a question. When you post it, when you po- look at your page right now. Does your page, does your, your social media page, come on now. The, come on now, I'm getting in your stuff, y'all. I'm just asking you, does it consider that there may be somebody that may not be able to handle that? Now, some of you right now are already saying, I, I can't please everybody. I'm not asking you to please anybody. I'm asking you, is this compromising your witness? Is this compromising your ability to lead somebody to Christ? Is this making it difficult for a person to respect your walk with the Lord? Listen, enjoy yourself in private. Like, do do whatever you want. Let me give you a prime example of this. Like, there are certain things that my wife and I can watch on television. I remember especially when our kids were little. There are certain things that my wife and I could watch on television that had certain language in it, that had certain depictions in it that had a certain rating on it. It could be rated R, it could be rated, at least there's certain things. I remember 12 Years a Slave, Anybody remember? that was a powerful movie. 12 Years a Slave was a powerful movie depicting what happened to slaves back in the day, right? Listen, that was a powerful movie, a movie that my wife and I could handle because we were mature enough and old enough to handle it, right? But we didn't, we didn't sit and we watched that, that movie in front of our kids. We didn't invite our kids to come in and watch that movie at a certain stage of their lives why because they would not be able to handle the images they would not be able to handle the language i mean you, come on y'all done seen it before go ahead and tell the truth you know you done you didn't allow your kids to come uh, too close into into your freedom and next thing you know there's some words come out they mouth <laughs> Woo! Oh no, you be around all your church friends and they drop a bomb, you know what I'm saying? They drop something like, oh, where'd that come from? You try to front and act like, you don't know where that came from. You know where that came from. It came from you being a little too free around your kids. See, we understand that as it relates to our kids. I understand as a parent, And we know that we just don't allow our kids to watch everything. And I'll be honest, me and my wife, we are even selective in what we watch because there are certain things that we can't handle. But especially as we look at our kids, it's not an issue of right or wrong. 12 Years a Slave was a phenomenal movie. 12 Years a Slave was an impactful movie. Nothing about that movie was false. It was all true. But could my kids handle it? Would it have helped them at the stage that they were at as young children to be able to imbibe those kinds of The answer for me is no. And many of you understand exactly what I'm talking about. There are adult conversations and there are kid conversations. Come on, say amen, somebody. And and, and And we judge these things based upon the stage and developmental area that a person is in their life. This still holds true also for us as adults. It holds true for us in our Christianity. I am concerned, just as concerned as you are for the growth and the development of your children, just as concerned as you are for 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 your kids to to accept the right information at the right time, to be introduced to the right information at the right time. Come on, say amen, somebody like 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 at the right time, like at the right time time at the right time right the same way you have that level of sensitivity for your kids why don't we have that same level of sensitivity in the spiritual realm for our brothers and sisters many of us just live any old kind of way and it never crosses our minds how we how how this is impacting somebody else I'll just be real with you right now and I'm going to make these points and go I really feel like, Paul, that many of us have utterly stopped caring about our witness. We, we literally are Christians only in name. We are Christians only to ourselves. We have embraced a, a selfish kind of Christianity where it's really about us, and we're not even concerned about those that we're influencing. And we see it now. One of the number one things people say all the time. is like, yo, church people, I, I just saw this dude here. And they can't understand why they saw you there. I just saw them doing this and they can't understand. And listen, guys, brother and sisters, listen, people are always going to have something to say about everything we're doing. Listen, y'all, listen, use your wisdom right now. There are certain things that a Christian needs to be mindful of. You need to use good judgment on so that their witness, the impact that they have on people's lives will be considered. So there are three things that Paul says in this passage of scripture. Three things. First thing he says is number one, and I want you to get this. Now, this is for the spiritually mature. Seriously, I must be. Listen, if you're not spiritually mature and you just want to do whatever you want, this may not be for you. But if you are actually concerned that people's lives are impacted by what you say and do, then this, will, this should matter to you. Number one, first thing he says is rights like your rights, your freedoms. Must take second place to the interests of others. I'm gonna say it again. My personal freedom and my rights take a back seat, take second place to the interests and the influence that I have on others. Mm. hear me now. Listen, y'all, I care about you more than I care about my own freedom. <laughs> the apostle Paul says it in no sudden terms. He says, just because something isn't wrong doesn't mean that it will benefit other people. What are you doing? What are you involved in? That's questionable. That's questionable with some people. That may be having a negative impact. Listen, I, I, I'm going to tell you about the power of witness right now. I'm going to tell you about the power of witness. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, listen, uh, you know, I, I know you don't know me, right? You ever got these inboxes? or I know you don't know me. Or, I, I, but I just want you to know that I've been watching you. And uh, I've just watched how you handle yourself. And I just want you to know I've been inspired by your life. Have you ever gotten that? Well, you should. Like, that makes me think. I hear that all the time where you say, well, oh, Pastor, you're a pastor, you're supposed to get that. Listen, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you know that on your job, people are watching you. They, they see you read your Bible. They see they, they they look at your your Facebook profile where it says I'm a believer. <laughs> and then you got all of them questionable photos on there. Come on. Come on. Come on. Like people. Listen, I'm telling you, especially those people who are not in, 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 in the church, they think very black and white. But our desire is that they are saved. Our desire is that they come into a relationship with Christ. And so what do I do? I don't I make sure that I still allow my personal freedom and God to go buck wild. And I don't care about my witness to somebody else. Number two, second thing Paul says is just because something is permissible doesn't mean that it's edifies somebody, that it helps them. You know, everything that is okay. is not necessarily beneficial. Everything that you feel is cool to do doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay for somebody else. All right, I'm gonna go here. Alcohol, drinking. Yeah, I know, there's no one scripture in the Bible. There's no one scripture in the Bible that says drinking is wrong. There's enough scriptures, and I'll tell you, that say drinking is not wise. But truthfully, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that shows God's men drinking, too. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. It's there, like it's there. But there is an abundance of caution as it comes to drinking. Um, Is it wise? Is it wise to flaunt your freedom that you have? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Your freedom that you have as it relates to an issue like this. When there are people out there whose lives have been ravaged by alcoholism. I, I don't know. Is that all right? Is it is it is it okay to not even care about them? To not even care that there may be somebody out there who is struggling? They're not even a social drinker. They're a straight alcoholic. They drink simply because they are trying to suppress a lot of the pain from traumas and experiences that they've had. They don't know the Lord. They need the Lord. But all they do, all they do is drink to suppress, to self-medicate the things that they go through. And here you are just flaunting your freedom and not knowing, not knowing that it's having an impact on that person that's trying to get free. I don't know. I mean, there's a number of examples that we can give. And I'm not trying to come for you right now. And some of y'all are mad that I'm not coming for them right now. But I think that every man should be persuaded in his own mind, according to the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit tell them. It's not my job to tell you what to do. You know what the Holy Spirit, but I will tell you this. If love and concern for others is not more important than your freedom, then you need to check your spirituality. You need to check your Christianity. You need to check it. Yeah, so, 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 number one, our rights must take second place to the interests of others. And then the second point that Paul makes is, number two, just because something is permissible, not wrong to us, doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt somebody else. And then the third thing is, is Christians should actively seek ways to do good for someone else. So, so here's, here's another way I want you to think. I don't want you to be thinking in terms of what can I get away with? that's not going to upset somebody's conscience. How, how far on the line can I walk in my freedom so I can enjoy myself? No, that's not how we think as Christians. Literally, your mindset to be like, man, what can I do? to bring more people to Christ (laughs) like what can I do to 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 positively impact more people for good I'm gonna tell you something about your boy Myron Evans right now there are certain things that I don't do not because they are wrong but because I value my anointing too much I'm sorry I just love seeing people get saved more than I enjoy my freedoms I'm sorry I just enjoy people getting delivered more than I enjoy my own personal freedoms my own personal self expressions. I'm telling you if you ever get that experience where you literally feel the power of God moving through you to touch somebody through an influence, touch somebody by them watching you. You never said a word. You just lived your life in such a way where there was consistency because you care about others. You don't care necessarily in the sense of you care what people think in terms of them controlling you and it's more about you. No, you care about your witness when enough is enough. We need a church of people that actually care that people are going to hell. We actually need Christians that are actually bothered by the fact that there are people out there struggling and many of them are struggling because they look at us and they're confused. Like when people look at our lives, are they they inspired? Like, don't you want that? When people look at your life, aren't they motivated to serve the Lord? When they're in your presence, do they feel the presence of God or are they always confused because of your freedom? I'm not coming for your freedom. Listen, do what you want behind closed doors. Enjoy yourself behind closed doors. If you and God have already worked it out and you know in your heart between you and God that there is nothing morally wrong with your behavior that is between you and the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about black and white areas, we're talking about these gray areas. If God has convicted you one way, that is fine. Do it around people that understand the same way you do, but you better be sure. Because one thing I know for sure, according to Matthew, the 18th chapter, the Bible says it is better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and for you to be thrown in the depths of the sea. drowned. That's what he's saying. It's better for you to be drowned than for you to use your influence to lead a person astray. You better know for sure, because we are going to be judged based on how we impacted people's lives. Based on how we influence lives, all this notion that Christianity is just a personal relationship with the Lord is false. It's not personal and it's not private. It is social and your life matters to somebody else. What you do matters in the kingdom. As a matter of fact, there's nobody that's watching me right now that's not where they are because somebody impacted your life because somebody lived it right, because somebody was consistent, because somebody was faithful, because somebody was determined. I didn't say they were perfect. I didn't say they didn't make mistakes. I'm talking about you saw something from somebody and you were touched. Your life was blessed. You saw them struggle and you said, Lord, if you could help me to struggle like that. You saw them pray and you said, Lord, if you could just help me to hang in there like they did. You might've seen them go through something and they they hung in there and you're saying, God, help me to be like them. You might've seen them stand up for something that was right, even though they got hated on, even though they got lied on, and you were inspired because you saw them stand for the right. How many of us are doing more of that or how many of us are spending more time making excuses for our freedom and impacting no one? Paul says very clearly, your rights should take second place. Second thing he says is just because something is right, uh, is, is right to you doesn't mean it's right for somebody else. And then the third thing he says is Christians should actively seek ways to do good for somebody else. I want to read this last scripture right here that just sums everything up. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. New Living Translation says it just like this. He says, look, he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So what is our what? So listen, everything that a Christian does, this is their mindset. Here's my filter for how I determine what I do especially when I'm in and around and amongst other people. My filter first is, does this bring God glory? Does this lift up the Savior? Does this make God big? To, to, to give God glory, the idea literally is to make something big, to make God heavy. <laughs> is God being made heavy in your life, by how, your lifestyle, by how you live? And the question today is, is what is my what my what the reason I exist? What's my purpose? My purpose is everything I do. I want to bring him glory whether I'm eating or drinking, and I like this part, whatever I'm doing, I want him to be pleased. I want his name to be lifted up. I want his name to be glorified. I want the weight of his glory to rest on me and on others. I want people to come in and out of my presence and be like, woo, I I was just with God. No, I thought I was with Myron. No, I was with God. Like, Myron was with God, and because Myron was with God, I was with God. Woo! There's so many people out there hurting. There's so many people out there struggling. Trust me, y'all. They're putting on a facade while you're expressing and enjoying your freedom they're they're going through it and they're looking to you as a believer for some for some encouragement for some inspiration not to be walking on the line and trying to figure out and confusing people i mean do your stuff with you but when you come around people consider that you need to bring much glory to god whatever you do it ought to bring glory to god and the last reason he tells us why we ought to bring glory to god and it's right here in the text he says don't give offense to jews or gentiles or the church of god Verse 33. I love this. He says, I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. Notice now he's not saying I'm just trying to please everybody because he's a people pleaser. He's saying, no, man, I'm trying to reach everybody. That's how I'm thinking. I'm trying to reach everybody. I want everybody to be reached. I'm not just trying to get my family saved. I'm not just trying to get people that know me to be saved. I recognize that everywhere I go is an opportunity for somebody to be saved. My influence matters. And notice what he says. He said, listen, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to win everybody. And then he says it like this. I love this. He says, I don't just do what is best for me. This is verse 33 of chapter 10 of, of, of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, New Living Translation. He says, listen, y'all. listen, y'all. He says, I don't just do what is best for me. I don't just do what is best for me. I don't just do what is best for me for me I don't just do what is best for me what is the principle Paul notice what he says I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. Oh, Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Listen, Paul got the right mindset, and that is the mindset that a Christian should embrace. Yes, there are areas that are great. Yes, there are things, honestly, that are right for you that are not right for me. Come on, straight up. Look, some, some of y'all don't need to eat chocolate. Come on, say that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have it. You shouldn't have it. It's gonna raise your sugar. Come on, you know what I'm saying. Listen, there are certain things that are right for you that are not right for me. There are certain things you can watch. I can't watch it. There are certain places you can go, I can't go. But at the end of the day, you know what my number one concern is? My number one concern is not me, not my freedom, not what I enjoy, not my own personal self-expression. I don't value personal self-expression and simply trying to find my voice and find my personal fulfillment at the demise. Come on, somebody. Come on, as it negatively impacts somebody else. What am I ultimately concerned about? I'm ultimately concerned about what somebody else was concerned about that has me here right now. That went over somebody's head. Listen, the only reason I'm sitting here right now is because there was somebody that lived that thing right, and I saw their influence and I saw their life and I was impacted by it. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for people that I watched, people that inspired me, people that motivated me, people that did the right thing, even though they knew that they could have done something else. But they they were concerned about me. Oh, God is calling us to do the same. Do it for the glory of God. But most importantly, do it. Do what is best for others so that many can be saved. I don't know about you. Don't you want many to be saved? Don't you want to Don't you wanna get to heaven and when you get to heaven you got some stars in your crown God used you to touch people's lives that you actually lived your life for a purpose other than your own personal self-fulfillment your own personal freedoms your own personal enjoyment man to heck with that that's right I forget all that man what really matters is is there are people out there that need a word of encouragement there are people out there that need a word of hope there are people out there that are on the edge of quitting and giving up and you up there enjoying your life and doing you and doing you and doing you and your life is negatively impacting them it could be your children come on somebody it could be your spouse it could be your neighbor one of your boys one of one of your one of your girlfriends i don't know who it is but my question to you right now is is your life bringing much glory to god and how is it going to bring glory are you bringing people to christ we got to get back to that as a church we got to get back to caring whether people go to hell or not And don't sit up here and tell me that ain't my job. Your job is to care. Your job is to think just like Jesus did. And in the next verse, chapter 11, verse 1, Paul literally says something that all Christians should say. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Every Christian, every Christian should be in so lockstep with Jesus and care so much about others that he literally should be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. That's right. I ain't scared. You can watch my walk. You can watch me struggle because I've never admitted to being perfect. I just admitted to being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm saying, I know who I'm following. So you can follow me as I follow Christ. Come on in here, somebody. Listen, if I'm following Christ, then I should be able to say, come with me because we're following jesus christ there are many of us can't say that why because we're not following christ we're following ourselves we're following our own desires we're following what we want to do and we're following our own version of christianity but every believer ought to be able to say right now I'm right behind Jesus and I'm going to stick with him. And if you want him to come on, I'm going to come on, go with me to my father's house. Come on, I'm going to pull you. Why am I pulling you? Because somebody pulled me. Can I get a witness out there? Anybody out there? Type in the comments right now. Put somebody's name in the comments right now. Somebody that touched your life. Put their name in the comments right now of somebody that touched your life. You watched the way they live and they touched your life. Come on, write that name right now. Put them in the comments right now. Tag them and let them know that they were a blessing to you. And you know what? A lot of times when you do that for people and you say, man, you touched my life, tears will begin to flow down their eyes like mine. When people come up to me and say, pastor, that sermon you preached, it touched my life. I'm like, man, you don't even know what I was going through while I preached that sermon. You don't even know what I was struggling with when the Lord used me to say those words. You don't even know what I was, what, what was going on in my life when I called and prayed for you. But thanks be to God. God still uses sinners. Praise me in his name. Come on, somebody. Somebody lift your hands right now. If you know that God still uses sinners, that God uses you in spite of yourself. Listen, I know you ain't perfect, but can you at least say, follow me? (laughs) Because I'm following Jesus. I might fall, but I'm falling forward. I might make mistakes, but make mistakes, but a righteous man falls seven times, but he keeps getting up again. Woo! Come on, somebody. But I'm going to keep following Jesus. No matter where Jesus goes, I'm following him. And because I want other people to follow him, I'm going to watch the way I live. I'm going to watch my influence. I'm going to watch my leadership because I'm concerned not just about me, but I'm concerned about you. Heavenly Father, right now, I'm just praying right now, somebody, somebody is struggling with their lifestyle and what they're doing and what they're into. And the truth is, is they've only been thinking about themselves. But look at all the people around them, oh God, that are, that, that, that if they make a move towards Christ, father they're going to make a move towards Christ somebody somebody is depending on me to live the right the righteous life somebody's depending on me to follow Jesus God help us to be concerned help us to care about others God help us to do it all for your glory so that many are saved in Jesus name amen god bless you whoa whoa whoa. listen i don't know about you but i'm feeling what god just did and listen one of the crucial moments right now this is the most crucial moment in a worship service it's not in the middle of it it's not when the sermon is being preached it's at the end of the service where now you've got to go put into practice that's right you got to put into practice what you heard god said so i just want to pray for you encourage you right now that as we close this service as you go your separate ways not only will you share this with somebody will you invite somebody to enjoy what you've just experienced But I'm also praying that you will go and you will apply, not just be a hearer, but be a doer of God's word. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, bless us now as we go our separate ways. I pray that the word will find a lodging place not only in our minds, but in our hands and our feet. In Jesus name. Amen. Peace out, y'all.